You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. Welcome back to your Hot Mess Sunday. Every Sunday we come on and give you your mess. Right, and we got a lot of it. We every, got a lot of it. I know. Today every week. today is uh I love I love how frantic we are before we get on. It's like, "Oh my gosh, let's do let's do this, let's do let's that." Let's do 8,000 things right yeah. before the show. Well, sure, sounds. It's going to be exciting. That's how you know practical. it's good. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, also because a lot of days, some days we get to just saunter in and do just the show and then we're off. And then other days we have to do 8,000 things prior to the show, Yeah, do the show, do 8,000 more things, and then we go home. Right, yeah. And those days are just extra coffee, extra frantic. And listen, I'm just going to say it. So we, a lot of times, rush across the street to get coffee. There mm-hmm. is a place over there, Boots. You know, we, uh, they're great to us, so we love them. And I'll get their black coffee. And I'm just saying, I drink coffee on a regular basis. I drink black coffee even. So I get their drip coffee, their black coffee, and... It is different than any coffee I've ever had because I come out and it's like I'm on crack, right? It, oh, yeah. It buzzes you up like so, so, so much. Yeah. yeah. It's I mean, like the, I've never It's been exactly this what we need, though. It it's is. what we need. It gives us that. <laughs> but I don't boost. know where they get their coffee, but I want to ask because it's yeah. not like well, any I other mean, coffee I get. They can get it from anywhere. They probably just add a few, you know. <laughs> A few things in there, some cocaine. Spike it's it a fine. bit. Yeah, put some Just speed a bit. in there. Yeah, it's, allegedly, no, totally. allegedly. Alleg- <laughs> yeah. They do not spike their coffee with drugs, I no, promise. No, they don't. Oh, but that man. is the key word uh, when you're worried about being in a litigious society, getting yeah. sued a lot, is the key word is you say allegedly and the lawyer can typically get you out. Right, yeah, there you go. <laughs> do you know where I learned that? Kathy Griffin, she taught me. <laughs> Because <laughs> that woman's always getting sued. Uh, <laughs> truth, great. truth. Sergey, what have we been up to? Well, yesterday was the 4th of July. Happy July 4th. 4th. Yeah, Independence Day, as many people know and don't know, apparently. <laughs> right. It great. is the birthday of our country. It is. It's yep. when we declared our independence. Yeah, exactly. What did, We had a conversation last night mm-hmm. about the fireworks and what they represent, which is, I mean, just listen to the Star Spangled Banner. It yeah. represents the bombs bursting in midair. That is what they represent, not just pretty colors in front of your face. They actually represent something. Right. They represent right. the fight that it took to get us. It, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's what you should remember every time. It is a bomb. And, yeah. you know, it's funny. We went to watch fireworks last night in we Spokane. Did. Good job on a... Good show. Yeah, uh, it, that, was. it was. It was the finale was good. The rest of it, I was like, the yeah, finale yeah. was. They did a good job they of being job. Us, our size city for that finale. Yeah. It was a great finale. Yeah. They did trick us at one moment, and it, they exactly did a bunch off at once. I'm like, here's the finale. Everybody's up and everything, and then all of a sudden, there's nothing for like a minute. I'm like, was that serious? That was it. Yeah, but no. Then they bad. pulled it out. Something else for Spokaneites. A lot of you showed up. A lot. A lot of people. Way to show up for this. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> and then you showed up and stood right in front of us and right, blocked so the whole view. Everybody's so fine. We're all sitting. Yeah, you know, thousands of yeah. people. Everybody's sitting nicely, waiting for the fireworks. The minute they start, the fireworks yeah. start. It's like everybody forgot their manners, and 
groups of people just start moving in front. So basically, what mm-hmm. we saw was one guy's head just exploding for an hour. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. came out of his head. All the time. Yeah, people would great. not. It was like the worst view. <laughs> and it's like, it's a good thing I've seen fireworks. Yeah, because, right. Yeah. But I felt for, we had a friend with us. Yes. Tom, who was so excited. He was, actually. He had his camera, mm-hmm. and actually, he got a good shot, I saw He did later. get a couple um, of pictures. <laughs> and he was so upset. Because, because the people would stand people right in front were right of him. there. Yeah. So, way to go to, and they cheered. I love that Spokane showed up. They, everybody was cheering. Mm-hmm. That was great. But maybe next time, think about your neighbors. <laughs> maybe sit. Because guess what? If everyone sits, then everyone can see. No one has to stand. we all get a show. Yeah. If everyone stands, everyone has to stand. And so, we tried to not stand up, right? Yeah. So, it's near, and finally, the... The end shows up and is like, who cares? And for a minute, I just have brief. I'm like, I, I have, I'm gonna stand up. Yeah. Even though there is like an eight hundred year old woman behind me, and I'm like, whatever. I know. <laughs> I felt for her because she was, you know, there, and it was her alone. So I don't know who she was there with. I don't think anybody. And I thought well, she, that was great. But by the time the the last came around, I'm like, ugh, she can't see anything anyway. So I'm standing <laughs> up. Well, honey, let's be honest. She can't even hear it. So no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love old people. Um, not trying. Not trying to. Dig on anything. Don't start an age war. I'm not. I'm really not, (laughs) Jonathan. Because people, you don't understand, there's an age war every time we get together. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There was a story that happened. Okay. Go ahead. uh, Yeah? Yeah. So, Sergey and I- You should tell everybody. Go to a wedding. We go (laughs) to I forget when. Tuesday. Tuesday we went to a wedding. Mm -hmm. Who has weddings in the middle of the week? Well, these people do. So, um, love them to death. And so, we go to their wedding, and it's at this winery. It's very nice. And you you are kind enough to not make me go alone. Yes. So you come with me, and we're at a table that has a bunch of my coworkers at it. Mm-hmm. And it's going great, and there's a newbie there. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going to f- forgive him in a few months yeah. because he's new. <laughs> we're going around the table. Everybody's introducing oh, themselves, no. and he's trying to be, you know, very cool. He's like, oh, Jonathan, nice to see you. Oh, and is this your son? And Awkward I, moment. Just, <laughs> oh, no. The look on my face. But the, what's even better is the look of joy on oh, Sergey's face. my God. It was... <laughs> So good. It was so good. Sergey's like, this is yeah. the best moment See, you ever. won't forgive him for two months. I won't forget for two years. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, thank you for giving yeah, him that. Exactly. And I still expect my father-son dance. We skipped that one at the wedding. <laughs> I know. So, Sergey kept saying, let's do that. And do I was told I need to get retro Father's Day gifts. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah all right, all right. I will tell you this. It was I, was I was mortified. We always laugh about our age. But typically, our question, even though we're older, younger, it yeah. has nothing to do with you're my son. It has to do with inappropriate relationships. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. You and I, which we're just really good friends. But this time, he just took it there. And, and I told him, I hope you realize I will not let you live this down. Yeah. For I'm going to teach you I think he's scared constantly. of you. Mm-hmm. I actually enjoy that. Yeah. And yes, I think he is too. <laughs> but I could not believe, is this your son? Really? Wow. I said, you're lucky I don't cut you. Right mm-hmm. now. There you go. There Everybody you go. else at the table is dying because yeah. they think it's the greatest <laughs> thing they've ever witnessed. Because it's hilarious. <laughs> it is so funny. So, word to I the wise, that. anybody who sees us out and about, don't you dare ask me if Sergey is my son. Although a lot of people, I post on Facebook because mm-hmm. you know I love a story. So, I post on Facebook and I got a lot of, you know, oh, sorry, I've been there and whatever. And then, of course, our friend Nova saying, you know what? Own it. You're a manther. Which is the male equivalent of a cougar. A cougar. So you're a manther. Just be, you know, no, he's my little toy. Yeah. And no, Nova. Makes me uncomfortable. No, no. no. (laughs) See, that would be in the instance that this was real, but this isn't the case. No, exactly. I mean, if you're a manther, own it, but Jonathan ain't no manther. No, no. 
No. No. <laughs> I was going to try to say mi- no. No. I'm not. No. <laughs> so I, I, I still want to say still single so for all you gentlemen right. that are so, out there. If you want to make him a man, you can change that. Go ahead. Later, yeah. we're going to be taking, uh, we're going to be playing a new song about bears that celebrates me and my people, me and my tribe. You and your tribe. And there. so, hey, that's that's where we're at. So. I like it. Now, news. Well, it's not really news. It's been ongoing for a little bit. We are week eight, I think. No, week it seven. Can't be week eight, six, seven, something like that. Of our Let's twelve week six. challenge. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're I like halfway off, through. I know. I fell no, off no. the wagon for a week. So yeah. I'm trying to get, now I'm back on the wagon. So right. I, w- I would like to, let's face it, we're trying to get this in before my we're, big birthday. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I on. need to be committed until that day because I want massive transformation. Yeah. Here's the thing. If we're halfway through, I'm already upset because there is not enough change to be halfway through. Right? I'm, we I are have not to halfway look through. at what I'm not doing. Yeah, right. Maybe we're week five. Can we say it? Week, okay, here's the thing. We're at week five, but we fell off for one week. So really, we're at we're week at four. Week four. Okay, okay, good. We week have eight four. more weeks. Got it. <laughs> here's the thing. What is Siri talking about? You know us. We always challenge our listeners as well as ourselves to do healthy, a healthy challenge. Yes. And so we did the 5K. Mm-hmm. We ran the 5K. Two of us did. Um, and then our Kurt. and then our mm-hmm. team of seven that ran with us. Now we are doing our new one, which is a gym challenge that goes yes. with an eating plan. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you this, though. We have told you time and again, you are more than welcome to join us. We go to the gym about six days a week. We do this very strict eating plan, and it's great. I've lost 4% body fat already. Yeah. That's a big deal. Um, and so I've been getting messages from people. I will say my best, my favorite one is last night. We're having dinner, and I get this message, and it says, I've heard you've discovered the fountain of youth. And I'm like, first of all, I'm thinking, what is this like a telemarketer? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, I need this eating yeah. plan that you're doing. Someone has seen me online. They thought I looked good, which, bless you your do. heart. No, you do. You. Um, and they said, I want to know. So no. actually, that's twice now in the last week, someone has asked for the the secret plan. So I said, I, I will send you out gladly. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's more like a list of approved foods. Yeah, they're exactly. Yeah. And then, like, you're no. great at recipes. That just, oh, I love those. You know, just mm-hmm. so you know what to do with those approved foods. There you go. You have to eat six small meals a day. Your dinner can be slightly larger as long as it's the right stuff. Yeah. And work out and push your muscles and do your cardio. Exactly. And, you know, it's not that hard until you actually do it because then the food part is like i will eat anyone's face right now right right now like so there are moments as we have said you Mm -hmm. eat every two hours basically yeah if i miss it by five minutes if i do not quickly get my healthy snack or whatever i'm supposed to be eating it is in that moment is when everything could fall apart (laughs) you become so hangry yes and i'm like you know what i'm gonna go have my eight pounds of pasta right now yeah no then i have to remember my big birthday's coming up jonathan don't derail you yeah. No, you're fine. It takes, but see if you have friends, you can yeah. text them. Yeah. And I mean, this year, Jonathan's turning 23. So exactly. It's a big birthday for it's me. It's a big birthday. So <laughs> I'm very excited. He's he's becoming how very can, old. <laughs> how can I even have a, a child yeah. your age? No, that's impossible. I was three There's years no old way. or something. Not no, good. No, come on. Yeah. Uh, anyways. So. so join us, please. Listeners at hotmesssunday.com. Mm-hmm. Join us in the challenge. Just if you you can work out at home, it doesn't matter. You can do a lot of those things. Um, or we have gym memberships and we go there. It doesn't matter. Yeah, not that bad. This is a really easy way to work it into your life. And we would love to have more people that I can text when I'm wanting to eat spaghetti, you know, that can tell me, get off the cliff. You you can do this. Yeah. Put the pasta fork down. 
put it hey, down. And then you can do the mm-hmm. same thing to us. So you just join up. I will, I will come to your house and raid your pasta cabinet and burn it all. He will, burn too. It. Like, burn he's it. hardcore. Mm-hmm. He is hardcore. Yeah. In Sergei front of you. will tell you things like, I have to go to the gym today because I feel sick if I don't go. And I'm like, just by you saying that makes me sick. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good example Motivate. because it makes go. me go, mm-hmm. I need yeah. to go. Sergey's going. Yeah. Oh. His judgment. I mean, it burns. I will judge you hard. <laughs> and I will own that judgment. I'm a judgmental, you know, little prick. So yeah. you're fine. You're yeah, fine. Yeah. I love it. So anyways, that's that's fun. Now, I want to talk about something okay, that yeah, happened to yeah. me this week. I want me, to discuss. Took me aback. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, because you know, in the check-in, we just like to talk about what's happened to us before yes. we get to the nitty-gritty of our of the news stories. So, I'm on Facebook, and you know, we've done a lot of work with the GSA, so with the kids, mm-hmm. and I think that's great. I was friended by someone who knows a lot of the people in a GSA we were recently recently working with. Uh, doesn't live in our town. Very nice young man. Um, he appreciated what we were doing. Um, he's very kind, and we have some good conversations, and I, I like that. Well, he had apparently added me to a group mm-hmm. this week on Facebook. I started getting notifications from this group, and that's when I figured out I'm on there. So I kind of dug into it and found out who who had brought me in, and I saw that it was him. And it's um, it's All an Adventure is the name of the group. So I'm looking at this. It's basically a group to just share what's going on in your life and to share your challenges and your triumphs. And I think that's what a wonderful idea. And I'm perusing it. And in the rules, there are line by line different rules of what, you know, what you can and cannot do. One of the rules just states no LGBT. And I'm like, what? What What does that mean? Yeah. I'm not one to jump. So I, I, I want to find out. So I don't know who the moderator is because they're anonymous. So I text this young man and I say, hey, I just want to say I have a question about one of the rules in the group. Can you get in touch with this moderator? It says no LGBT. Just curious what that means. He talks to the moderator. The moderator won't speak to me directly. I have no idea what, who they are or anything. Mm-hmm. But he sends messages through this young man. So the young man makes a little quote box and he sends it over to me. And basically it says, I see enough pro-LGBT messages on my own page. I don't want to see them here. Then I'm done asking questions. Obviously, it's a discriminatory rule. Mm -hmm. And I, in my best way, I sent a note back and said, you know, I don't mean to put you in the middle of this, but there's no way to get a hold of him. Will you please tell him this? I find this rule discriminatory and i don't think that's a good idea and just so you know i'm part of the the media and it is something i want to speak about um i would like to know i i don't find that this is a good idea and how do you think i and i said if you are worried about all of the pro lgbt posts now that you see since the supreme court's decision right to legalize right. marriage equality what about all of the anti-lgbt and pro christians are you telling them they can't put anything on here either because I don't see that in the rules. Mm-hmm. I am just given a, a very pat response saying, I apologize for your experience. I will take your words into uh, consideration, which for all of us who've lived longer than 20 years, understand means I'm not going to do anything. Right, yeah, Thanks I don't for playing. Mm-hmm. And I just said, uh, I appreciate yeah. it. We're going to be talking about this, and I will be removing myself from this group because I cannot support a group that does this. I said, I believe you have a nice discussion group here. Mm-hmm. It's a nice supportive group here. 
But you have just made it very non-supportive, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Why would you? Why would you have a support group that doesn't support someone? This is like this is like uh, this is like a Christian youth group where they're like, you can. This is for you. We're trying to make you better. Enjoy right. your youth, but you can't do this, 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 and right, this, and this. Right. It's basically church, but you sing a song after that you like. It's fine. Well, and basically the whole fact of yeah. I, it's not discrimination if I tell you it's because I'm a Christian. You know, that's the thing that's the thing that drives me insane. Is you you cover everything with your right. quote unquote religious liberties. Yeah. That's a problem. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So you can't use Absolutely. that as your excuse. I that's so shocking to me because I know that Facebook is so pro equality and you know, they're they're clear supporters of the LGBT community. I'm I'm certain they'd have to have some rules about well, that. Well, here's the thing. You know? So because it's a private group yeah. that you have to be invited to, I know the rules are right. murky. Right. And I have heard that there are other groups that are a little hate-filled that Facebook refuses to take down because sure. of the whole freedom of speech thing. But I, I yeah. am going to lodge a complaint right. about it. Here's the thing. It's not okay. Right. So even if they don't take it down... I don't feel better unless I say, listen, this is a problem. You can't have a group that just, what would they say if there was a group that said no blacks? That's true. They would freak out. There's no way Facebook would allow that to Mm -hmm. happen. So now, but you're going to allow a group that says no LGBT. And what a closed view of the world. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's, it's just strange to me that that's something that would be so nonchalantly listed in the rules. Like, okay, and I mean, I mean, in between, you know, don't spam this page and right. you know have a good time is no LGBT. <laughs> no, really, it was so shocking huh. to me. Here's the thing: we have had a conversations as we're going to talk yeah. a little later about the backlash that's happening right, across right. our country that's getting out of hand. It's interesting. I was used to. I got this kind of discrimination in my early twenties when I came out. That was a while back. And then it hasn't been as blatant. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's been the undercurrent, but it hasn't been as blatant. And then all of a sudden, it's okay to be blatant again. Right. And Absolutely. I mean, we'll give you some truth about what's going around along around this country right now um, a little later in the hour to talk about some of the things happening in Tennessee and Texas and, and Missouri and everywhere. Even that are here, more even blatant, in Washington. Blatant in your face, even in Washington. Blatant in your face. Yeah. I'm going to be discriminatory, and I'm going to say it's because of my relig- religious beliefs, and you can't do anything about it. Yeah, that's a problem. That that is a problem, and it needs to be solved, and it needs to be talked about, and we will in a second. But right now, <laughs> we are bringing back a a segment that we had uh, a couple months ago called the Bullhorn. Basically, we just talk about our opinions, and you can't say anything about it. This until is, after. Until after. <laughs> we will discuss with you, but while we talk, you have to listen. Now, this is going to be yours. This will be mine today. <laughs> I yes. do want to tell people, if you have a comment about anything we talk about on the show, but especially about the bullhorns as we mm-hmm. as we do them, uh, you can call the studio line after Sergey has said his piece. You can call the studio yes. line at 509-747-3807. If you would like to respond, Sergey, you're going to talk about something... A little controversial. Very today. controversial. Yeah, actually, yes. not even a Very, little. Not a, yeah, I'm not even going to hide it. It's a, a lot of you will not agree with it, but here it goes. Our, also, we have new intros for our bullhorn. Our very talented very intern, uh, Houston here, made. Hootie. Also known as Hootie. Hootie. Like, you know. <laughs> Hootie is his new name. Hootie Tootie. Um, <laughs> no. That got really gay. All of a sudden. <laughs> 
<laughs> Hootie tootie. You know what? It's zero to gay in like no seconds with me. I love that. I love it. All right. So here's our brand new <coughs> intro. It's time to put your big boy pants on. You better hustle those hammies. We got some truth to lay on you. Sit down, shut up, and listen close. It's time for the board. Real talk. And that was Jonathan, by the way. <laughs> it was. <That's> it. <laughs> Using my acting skills there as a drill sergeant. Oh, yeah. But, Sergey, why don't you take us away? All right. So, Bullhorn today, we are going to talk about drugs. I wrote, I wrote a blog just a little bit ago called Drugs for President. Um, it kind of outlines the basic premise of uh, what I want to talk about today, and that is to legalize all drugs. And, yes, I did say legalize, not decriminalize, because there is a difference, and, yes, it is that extra step. Now, I talked a little bit about uh, Portugal and how they decriminalize drugs. You could have a certain amount of uh, drugs that you would possess, and you would not you know, go over that because then you would be a drug dealer. You could only have it for recreational use. And instead of being put into jail, you would have um, kind of a more drug treatment friendly thing. So anyway, so Portugal passed this huge legislative thing um, that basically turned their drug use around from number one, you know, HIV infected by needle sharing country in Europe. They went down by half and then they cut down their drug use quite a bit. So uh, looking into Portugal and other countries in Europe, uh, example, we I, I think we should be legalizing more drugs because here's the thing. Um, we say this time and time again, you cannot legislate morals, and drug use is more or less a moral thing. Yes, there are definitely health hazards behind it, but there are also other things that are completely legal that have way greater health hazards. I mean, prescription drugs cause way more deaths and way more damage than actual, you know, illicit drugs, as does driving, as does biking, as does, I mean, anything you do. If you leave your house, you are risking your life in any case. So legalizing drugs basically would mean that, yes, you could buy at any store and maybe not, you know, go into Walmart, but there would be a specific section, specific drugstore you could get your legal drugs at. This is to cut down on drug use because the more you make it kind of uh, an open thing, the less drug use you get, as shown by Portugal and as shown by, honestly, nothing bad happens in Washington now that our pot is legalized and the rates have gone down just a bit in Washington as well. Here's the thing. If you prohibit drug use, you are giving that money to the black market, to the cartels, because then nobody can make money off of it except them. And if you watch all of the terrible things they do down in South America, even in our own country, it is terrible. Your prohibition really pays their money and pays their paychecks so that they can go and ruin other people's lives and kill people and torture people and do whatever they want, sell more drugs, you know, that kind of thing. They are really damaging our culture. If we're going to have a war on drugs, the best way to start is to take the money out of their pocket. The best way to do that is not to prohibit drugs and to say, look, buy the drugs from a regulated source, A, B, a source that will take that money and put it back into either treatment for drugs, education, something that we can all benefit from. And here's the thing. A lot of the drugs you buy, 
there's no way to regulate them. They're laced with things. They're bad drugs. I mean, your cocaine might kill you or it might not even give you a trip. And then what? You're going to go and buy some more. But if it's regulated, we all know they're going to be a lot safer. And that money goes around into treatment. Basically, it's destigmatization of drugs. It's basically saying, look, we're going to take this out of the con- hands of the criminals and put it into the government's hands. It will be regulated. It will be basically okay to have drugs because if we make it okay, then more people will come forward, be open about it, and be more open to treatment. There will be no stigma going to the doctor saying, hi, I want treatment for this, or going to a rehab center, or needle exchange programs. I mean, that's one step that we're taking in this country to prevent this. And it really does affect the LGBT community at large because HIV infections, especially due to shared needle, is increasing highly. It's the highest uh, highest rate of HIV infections currently. So if we cut it down, just hear me out. If we cut it down, if we legalize every single drug, yes, cocaine, heroin, meth, everything, legalize it, make it open to the public and use those same funds for treatment, we can honestly solve this problem. And that's, yes, that's my opinion, but it is based on facts and statistics. There are opposing facts and statistics. I know anything can be turned around. And yes, there are different sides to the story, but the majority of it shows some positive uh, feedback. So, so you know, that's my little bullhorn. Yeah. 98.99% of the people listening are like, Mm -hmm. you are insane. I know. How could you say that? Well, first yeah. of all, can you can you tell us the difference between decriminalization of drugs and um, okay, yeah, yeah. so Give us that okay, it, and legalization, right? Decriminalization means that drugs aren't technically legal to use, but you're not going to be put into jail for them. Basically, you're either going to get a fine, you'll get um, you know so written the, up, the, you'll the, you'll get like a warning. The level oh yeah of exactly crime is brought yeah. way down. Yeah, gotcha. you don't get thrown into jail for having right. Marijuana, which I mean, and that affects uh, a disproportionate amount of minorities. I mean, we all know that in the United States, people of color, black people, Hispanic people are going to be charged for crime, drug related crimes, almost nine times more than the white than white counterparts. Counterparts. Exactly. So if we make no one affected, then. You know that kind of equals so you're the playing field. Go the extra step and exactly. legalize it all. Well, yeah. and one of the things I mean, which is to clarify, it just yeah. makes it probably more of a hot button for a lot of people. But you're saying legalize all. You mentioned all. heroin, all. cocaine, yes. all of the hard stuff on top of right uh, marijuana. Oh yeah, because as you said, it's more about destigmatization. It is about destigmatization and regulation of how they're control uh, how they're made. Honestly, and regulation is to bring safety into the mm-hmm. environment and, like you said, attempt to take the wind out of the sails. Of the black market, exactly. of the people who are the, the drug cartels, dealers, yes, the cartels. absolutely, absolutely. Um, what brought you to? It seems in this country, especially, such an extreme. Oh yeah, opinion. Oh, what yeah. brought you to well, that opinion? Here's the thing: is I, gr- I mean, I don't, I don't do any drugs. I don't do recreational anything. I mean, no marijuana, no hard drugs, nothing. Right. I don't I don't really like the idea of that. And I, I grew up in a very conservative Christian family, which, you know, even just talking about it was, are you thinking about it? Do you need help? Right. You know, it was it was a lot of stigma there. Um, but watching Washington State 
uh, progressed through this, you know, legalization of marijuana and watching what happened kind of made me look back on it and say, okay, well, maybe maybe everything my parents uh, made me afraid of with drugs is completely wrong. So, of course, not to say that I completely bounced off of that. I was like, well, all drugs are great. No, I went in and looked at what are some examples of drug decriminalization or legalization to a larger extent. Because, I mean, I knew Amsterdam definitely had uh, marijuana legalized a long time ago, and they're not falling apart. And so I looked at all the other European countries or any country in the world that had kind of a different drug policy and saw how it affected uh, people. And then I saw an article that, you know, was related to that. And so it kind of sparked my interest. And the more I researched about it, the more I realized, wait, maybe this is really the way to go. Yeah. Really the way now, to do go. Do you think, um, I obviously, I mean, look what just happened by telling people that people can get married based on love. Oh, yeah. That the country exploded. Do you think the country is ready and uh, part B? Yeah. Do you think we ever will be in the U.S. ready for such an extreme, what seems extreme now, that, that but that we hope would one day, if mm-hmm. this was something we wanted to go for, would be less? I mean, do you think that's ever an option? I don't think we're ready. I definitely don't think we're ready, especially that, like you said, we're not ready for simple things like marriage equality. We're not ready for that. I mean, the fact that only really a couple, a handful of states have legalized marijuana or medical marijuana, I mean, the fact that we're there, it shows how f- how far behind we are on this whole journey. Mm-hmm. I think I think it is taking steps, you know, starting with uh, the, w- what are they calling it, light drugs now, uh, marijuana, you know, light stick drugs. that, yeah, stick that in with alcohol and tobacco, you call it, you know, whatever, right. recreational. So, um, you know, it's it's starting there, but then growing. I think we as a culture can be ready, especially with the millennial generation right now, Mm -hmm. completely changing how we're doing, you know, how we're living, really. And so as time goes on, I know there will be a time we will be absolutely ready for it. Uh, I believe it will be a legislation that will Mm -hmm. either be on the table or pass. Um, So I think it'll happen. Do you think there needs to be... Because here, I'm always going to play the devil's advocate. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And I will say, I I try to be very open-minded I don't know what I think about this mm-hmm. this thought process. I don't know. I mean, I'm willing to believe I don't know enough, you yeah. know, about it. Yeah. But it is question. Do you think? Don't you think that we need? There needs to be almost a task force where it's their job to go get the statistics in these countries yes. that have it going. Yes. On, to know more about what it because look what happens with just legalizing marijuana. Oh it yeah. Is a there's a phrase I'd love to use that I can't, but it's a a not fun show. We'll say that. Really? It yeah. Is, it's crazy. Yeah. It's a crapshoot. It, it it's crapshoot. Crap That's exactly shoot. what it is. Yeah, it's definitely it's a process. It's like we talked about last week. There's legislation, and there's implement implementation of the legislation. I mean, yes. even today we've had legalized marijuana legislation in Washington for three years now, and even to the day we're still trying to figure it out. We now said, okay, the liquor board probably doesn't know anything about marijuana. Right. We kind of just lumped and them since together. It's supposed to be under their jurisdiction, exactly. they might want to figure out something. Right. And so now that we're trying to think, well, maybe we should have a separate board for them. Maybe we should do and and really those are the conversations that are good. The thing is when you say I don't know anything about it or I don't know enough about it, that's exactly where we need to be is I don't know enough. Let me go look into it. That's or it. I don't know yeah. who should control this. Let's look into it. The let's look into it part is where we need to be. And I think I have to say you're right. I wanted to know more information. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say, because I know what the typical culturally ingrained part yes, of my brain says, exactly. hey, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. You know, 
I also came from a conservative Christian family. So we have the kind of like a carbon copy of what we're supposed to believe oh, yeah. when it comes oh, to yeah. changes. So mm-hmm. I am curious at seeing, here's the fact. One of the things I can guarantee you people are thinking, because it was the first thing that came to my mind is, why would you legalize uh, like heroin? This can yeah. ruin people's lives. But let's talk about things that are legal that ruin people's lives. Alcohol. Every so day ruins many, people yeah. because it's not about the drug being it used. It's about the person and why they're using it. Yeah. Uh, one of our listeners was saying uh, the LGBT community is one of the biggest communities mm-hmm. to self-medicate mm-hmm. because we're dealing with these things. Here's the fact. It's why prescription drugs can be abused and kill you just as easily yeah. because it's not about the drug. It's about the person using it right. and understanding right. when it becomes an issue. And like you said, by taking the stigma away... It's easier to get help because you're not ashamed to go ask mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to try it, you're going to try it. It's this, it's, here's the thing I'm saying. I don't know how I feel or where I fall on it, but I can tell you this. I feel like it's a conversation. There it is. to be had. It is. And it is. honestly, I would say, so Drugs for President, which was the article you wrote about mm-hmm. this. But if you, I know it's up on Facebook right now. Our awesome interns put that up. Go read it. It says some interesting things. And then take that. And I think we on this show need to start looking we at do. where those conversations are and these countries because I think it's a, it's a legitimate conversation. It is. It is. And I just want to finish it up with something you said that um you know kind of kind of made me think what if getting help was as easy as you go to the store to get drugs and there was you know counselor sitting right there that was paid for by you know the money you spent on the drugs and there you go. You could get your help right there. Or, you know, you could get a free service or something like that. You know, as soon as you went in there, the help was right there where you need it. And so it wasn't just, well, I'm going to go and forget my troubles. I'm going to talk about it with somebody. Well, and you mentioned, if, you know, using if it's that, right there. Using that revenue. Oh, yeah. To be placed into those kinds of services. Honestly, that would do a lot of good for a lot of things. It's true. It's true. Just, just saying. Just so, saying. Exactly. Way to bullhorn that. Yeah, so go think about it, guys. Go think about it. And remember, if you have a comment, you can always either leave it on our Facebook page or uh, you can call in. We, t- we can take calls whether we put you on the air or not. You can always leave a comment and we can talk about it on the air. Mm-hmm. Our studio line is always open. There are plenty of interns willing to speak to you. The studio line is 509-747-3807. So if you need to take a break from work or you're in your car and you need to pull over in your cell phone, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. So we're going to take a quick song break, and it's going to be Kurt's, uh, the Schmier's favorite song. It's uh, Heroes by Manzimelo. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. Welcome back. We just got done, if you just joined us, with... The Bullhorn, a segment that we have brought back, we will be bringing back periodically over the next few months. And, of course, you heard Jonathan's drill sergeant because he's cool like that. That's right. Um, That's right. Sergey talking about a blog he did mm-hmm. called Drugs for President Drugs for and President. what he thinks is the need to legalize all drugs and why. Yeah. So, remember, you can always comment on anything that we're talking about. Uh, email us, listeners at hotmessunday.com. Comment on our Facebook page, tweet us, or call the listener line at 509 747 3807. What's interesting is when I gave that out before, someone called my phone, and I'm not sure if they they meant to call my phone, but apparently someone must have heard is it, it. Are you just giving people out your number, Jonathan? Is I that try. what's happening? I try as much as I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's call into the show and maybe get a date with me. Right? I, see. I know. I see. Even if you don't want one, if I yeah. think you're cute, we'll just go that one. <laughs> 
We're going to move right on into The Dish, which is something we talk about what's going on around the country in the news that has some effect on the LGBT community or just someone involved in it. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It's what we want to talk about because it's our show. It really so, is. Um, and so what I want to start with is interesting. Mark Jacobs, of course, fashion designer, um, been around forever, uh, had recently on Instagram, meaning to give a private message on Instagram of a picture of him basically naked yeah. uh, from right. the back view, yeah. uh, meant to send it to a specific someone. Instead, sent it to all of his hundreds of thousands of fans. And people, of course, saw it and... And he took it down. Yeah, right. And then, of course, the press, as we tend to do at times, trying to make a big deal out of it, said, oh my goodness, did you do that? And he did apologize for anyone it offended, but he also said, listen... I'm a gay guy. I was flirting with this guy. Yeah. Why is this a deal big... with it? I showed my back end. What's the big deal? Yeah. And he had done a, a cheeky little <laughs> cheeky. He had done a cheeky <laughs> little um, <laughs> thing in his private message. Something about try this on or something. Yeah. Like right. That. Exactly. And on his uh, business page, even made a a comment, a joke about it. But what I think is fascinating here is look how fast he shut down what some wanted to be a controversy. Oh, yeah. Simply by owning it and saying, hey, we make too big of a deal about sex. Mm -hmm. We're sexual creatures. Get over it. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. And I love it. And the response has been just support because... right. But I think that's the difference between someone who fights it and becomes morally indignant Mm -hmm. about something and acts ashamed and... Someone who's a public figure who's like, hey, it's the Madonna defense. There hey, you go. This is just who I go. am. And yeah. the, and so he gets comments like, and I have to agree, he's in his 50s, looks amazing. Hey, you do you. Own it. Own it. Own it. You That's do true. You, and then, I mean, in a world where our tabloids are filled with sex scandals and, you know, crazy whatever, you know, they broke up with who, look at this naked pic. Right. Or, um, he did a good job of shutting it down. I, I think I thought it was classy. Yeah. I'm sorry. There and you, you go. You may not like it, but here's the thing: we've all done stuff. Yeah, it We're, happens. And except the fact that we are sexual creatures, and you know it, what? You know, we all have those moments. Yeah, of need. right. <laughs> Good thing it wasn't to his mom because we know how awkward that can be. Here, mom. <laughs> sorry, that was to a guy. Don't sorry ask. about it. That picture wasn't for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, honey. I'll, I feel yeah. the mortification just just breathing. Oh, I know. It's one. it's kind of a mm-hmm. kind of terrible. All right. So, so moving, that was our fun one. Right. Uh, yeah. We'll give you we'll give you one before we get with all the What's negativity really going on. Yeah, so, okay, a couple months ago, we talked about the uh, hotel owners of a prominent gay hotel, gay Actually, a hotel. Actually, a few they properties, are, yeah. restaurants, and gay hotel in um, Fire Island, mm-hmm. as well as they have some in New York and Atlanta. They, they are very prominent gay business owners. Yeah. Their hotels are known to host parties from Broadway Cares. Yes. Uh, there's a big bear organization that uh, does a lot of work within the HIV community. Um, well, they hosted a private dinner party in their penthouse in Manhattan for Ted Cruz, who, of course, notorious. He's running for a Republican candidate yeah. for yeah. president. Um, not afraid to tell you all of the ways. He does not like the LGBT yeah. community. And currently, no. of course, he's out telling people um, ways that they can be civ- civilly disobedient mm-hmm. about the new Supreme Court law that passed. So everybody's been curious. Okay, so there was a call for a boycott. Broadway right. Cares yeah. and that bear organization that I did allude to, they both pulled their events from these hotels and said, listen, 
You We're not going to mm-hmm. do them there. Mm-hmm. And there was a call for a boycott of everything owned by these two gentlemen. And so now it's been a few months, and there was a reporter who decided to go because Fire Island season is in full swing now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Summer it's a season. small community, but so there's been some reporters who've gone to see what's going to happen. Is the boycott happening and all of this? And in a, I think the reporter was a bit surprised when they showed up to Fire Island, and it's actually as if nothing, nothing had changed. Yeah, no. when. Talking to young gay men who were there, mm-hmm. they were uh, basically responded with, I have no comment on this, or listen, I'm just here to have fun. Yeah, and right. it, was a, it was a very in-your-face apathy, really. Right. Now, here's the thing. I mean, we talked about it. We kind of tore this subject apart uh, a couple times before where we said, don't give money to people who aren't going to support your cause. Essentially, right. that's what's happening. You're giving them money and you're supporting them indirectly. Well, you're helping them not have to right, exactly. be accountable. Exactly. And so the boycott, I can definitely agree with. And, you know, it's just so weird that we forget so quick. And when it's time for fun and, you know, going and having a good time, it's whatever. We don't I don't really care. Exactly. So uh, I understand I mean, I, that they own most of Fire Island, but yeah. there are other establishments and there are exactly. other places to go. I get anyways. that no one, not everyone is going to boycott and not everyone is going to, you know, go to the two establishments on there that aren't owned by them. But right. still, I mean, at least make an effort. The The thing I I think about is why didn't you at least make an effort or make a comment like, well, you know, that bar, or that hotel or that whatever over there is packed up. This right. is the only place I can go. Yeah, at you know, least. I mean, make an effort or a statement or make it public. Exactly. And that, I will say the disheartening thing for me when I read this and I see is you're also yeah. telling the world that, you know, you're only as good as your word. And apparently our word isn't good for anything yeah. because we're not going to back it up. Something that is important. Where is the apathy level? How many times have we said on the show, why aren't we coming together as a community for certain things? Can't be bothered. I'm enjoying my life. My life is fine. So I don't need to worry about that going on. And I think there's more of a social responsibility. And the sad thing is the difference between how we made things change back in the day, like especially the heyday of the 60s. And now there's not as it's not as easy to mobilize a community because people don't want to be bothered. I know a million gay men who love their lives where it's at and they don't want to be involved in in any of the other things that might take a little more work than Absolutely. That. They're too comfortable. They're too, they're comfortable, too comfortable where they're at. Exactly. And I get it. I get it. I There are days mm-hmm. when I just don't want to think about it anymore. But here's the, pro- here's the difference. I take the day to not think about it, and I use the rest to actually do something. Mm-hmm. It's not actually that much effort. I do say, I want to say that the two businessmen that we are speaking of are Ian Reisner and Matt Wider Pass, Wider Pass. Um, they're the ones that own so many hotels. Why isn't it? Why isn't it just an easy choice? We talked about Dolce and Gabbana oh, and yeah. the ban on theirs, and just don't wear their stuff, don't buy it. And so many gays are like, oh, but I really like that. Well, find some. Go buy. Go Mark buy Jacobs. something else. There you go. Just why He's is it fine. so hard? Because you just that you need to play yeah. a toddler and be like, but I want it. Exactly. Well, it's because it, we want the things more than, you know, we care about the ideas behind yeah. it or the reasons. We if just there we are want no it. consequences, mm-hmm. nothing changes. Exactly. If you, yeah. if your words are just empty in no matter what 
part of your life it is. If you keep making ultimatums to somebody to change or to a group to change and you never plan to follow through with it, they learn that really quick and then it doesn't matter what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, because money talks. Let's be honest. Money yes. talks. And here's the thing. I, I just want to point out, I have boycotted Dolce & Gabbana my whole life. My whole life, I have not had one single thing because <laughs> I knew either. it. I knew it. You're I right. knew they were all this You time. were like psychic. It had nothing know, to do with your true. bank account. <laughs> it was nothing. just psychic. I could afford it. I just didn't want to. <laughs> right? I understand. Yeah. No. But that is, it's a problem within the gay community, and we can't deny mm-hmm. that it's there. It's and true. I know a lot it's of you true. don't agree with me, and you know, but the truth is, when will we stop being lazy? Because that's yeah. exactly what we're doing. Don't be lazy. Get up off your butt and do something. Right. Do something. Now, let's talk about some people who aren't lazy, but on the wrong side. <laughs> all of, See, that's the other problem. Right, exactly. The other side isn't tired. They aren't lazy. No. They'll fight all they want. The backlash is here. I mean, we talked about it. Backlash. Here it is. And it's crazy. Like, it is you know, I'll insanity. Be, I'll be honest. I expected backlash, oh, and yeah. this is something I expected. I honestly expected worse backlash. I know this is bad, Don't but I expected people like dying in the streets, and I know that's awful. I know that's like awful. Like my but... mama always said, "Don't tempt words. <laughs> it's only just begun." <laughs> I know, but anyways, yeah, it, well, it's, it's terrible. Here's what's going on. So, mm-hmm. like you said, we have said backlash since before the Supreme Court, since before they could even hear cases oh, yeah. back in April. You know, we have said it since last year. There there will be backlash. It doesn't mean we back down, no. but it means we be prepared. Mm-hmm. So what's going on around our country is a lot right now. Um, in, and you had alluded earlier to even in our own state of Washington, where we tend to be way more progressive than many, many of the other states. Uh, at Gay Pride in Seattle, there was a couple walking out of Gay Pride to yeah, go have lunch. Go They're sitting mm-hmm. at an outdoor cafe. Yeah. And a group, I think they said three men. Um Attacked them as they're eating, beat them, threw them to the ground, kicked their face in. There are pictures. Broken bones. Yeah. There are pictures Mm -hmm. all over Facebook. There was a news story, of course, on this. um, All because it's really, I feel like there's a group of people who feel like they have a license to do this because of the Supreme Court decision. This is how they're going to show that they disagree. So that happened in Seattle. Yeah. It happened in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Um, Look, it happened in Turkey where they, they... shot tear gas into the pride parade they shot rubber bullets into the pride parade it's happening all over there have been attacks at gay bars one uh notable one is in north carolina where um a belligerent man was probably drinking already uh showed up to a gay bar and started attacking saying he didn't agree with the supreme court decision and the the bar owner came out to talk to him and try to actually asked him if he could get him a cab and the man attacked him yeah um uh, started with slapping the face and scratching him and then just beating him. Um, and this is happening every Everywhere. time you turn around, there's a new story. Exactly. You Just because now the legislation is here doesn't mean we're done, we're safe, it's over. It's not over, and there's still a lot to do, especially, um, you know, all the physical violence and abuse. All of it is going to happen. Yeah. It's yeah. going to happen. And... So we just have to we just have to be prepared. And not only just the physical, I mean, there are just social justice issues here. I mean, Tennessee, the store that said no gays allowed, the hardware store that the man wrote it down, wrote it down. That's exactly what put was it said. in his window. Mm-hmm. And then I love that he's surprised 
that there's so much backlash to him writing that down. And then U-Haul uh, finally they pulled, their, pulled contract their contract with him. Yeah. So it means he loses, and he was offended yeah, that U-Haul right. would pull the contract. But what's even worse is, so mm-hmm. he agreed to change the sign. Oh. But all he did was change the way he said the same exact exactly. thing, which is, I'm using my free speech, and anybody who disagrees with my right to have this opinion, we reserve the right to refuse service to you. So it's the mm-hmm. same thing. You just didn't say gay in the in the new word. It's just implied, yeah. In the new verbiage, you didn't That's say it. it. So you're still being a complete bleep. Um, mm-hmm. You're still doing that and thinking you have a right. But you know what's funny? Thinking you have a right, he actually legally in Tennessee does have a right. He does. There is no... um, Absolutely. On the uh, Tennessee Books for Discrimination, Mm -hmm. LGBT people are not there, as well as in 26 other states. Any of people in those 26 states can put a sign in their window saying no gays allowed. Okay. And worse yet is in those same states, you can be working at a job and they just can come up to you and say you're fired because you're gay. That's it. You or denied your house. An, you can get an eviction notice yep. on your door because you're a lesbian. That's true. You know exactly. what I mean? No and protections, people. Exactly. No this protection. is what he said. He changed his sign to this. We reserve the right to refuse service to anyone who would violate our rights of freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Let's underline that last line again. This is where the war is going to be fought, which is the freedom of religion. religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas RFRI. right now. Yeah, Texas right now is their attorney general are telling people, please invoke our new Religious Freedom Reformation Act and go ahead and deny services to LGBT people and use this law to do it. First of all, why is the attorney general who is a government official who should be supporting the federal law telling you? how you can get around it and be civilly disobedient. Yeah. But that's happening in Texas because let's get down to this. County clerks across mostly the South um, are resigning. Because they don't want to do this. And they're giving these interesting public interviews saying, I don't want to be seen as a bad person, Mm -hmm. but this is against my religion. Aren't Cry you me a forcing, river. aren't you forcing, yeah. you're telling us we're forcing ourselves on you. Aren't you forcing your belief system on everyone and us? Absolutely. In good news land, there's a lot of county clerks positions available for all us gay people. So I you're know. welcome. So let's take over. So Because here's the thing, what I want to tell them. Yeah. Job turnover happens all over this country. Yeah. Maybe get another job. Exactly. If you can't. You're welcome. You can't support the services that is your your actual job that you get paid for. Then please move on to a job in a Christian bookstore. I don't exactly. Care. And also, does it really just doing your job violate your religion that much? That's what I want to know. Does it really? Will God really be that upset with you that you did some? Good act towards another right. human being. And really. my thing is, don't hmm. hold a group of people hostage. Oh, absolutely. Leave your job. Yeah. yeah, I love. You know what? You people who resigned, I applaud you. Get the heck out, because mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with you. And you're right. Hey, gay people, you can Openings. get a really good job. That's true. As a county clerk, and yeah. it pays pretty well. Yeah, exactly. So, and job security. I, I hear. Th- you know what? I'll be back in a minute because I need to go apply for it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for a job. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Legal discrimination against LGBT people is real across the country. Yes, in Washington states, we're we're one of six states that offer complete and full uh, legislation protecting LGB and the T. Most and importantly, the tea, yeah. importantly the T. But there are country, there are uh, counties and states across the country that don't offer those same protections. And here's the thing: I am so uh, in shock that we don't have a federal bill. 
in the Constitution that protects our people. Here's we the have thing. the Civil Rights Act, but that protects women. That protects but we're not in that. people of color. We're not in there. No. Why? And that back Why? during the Clinton administration, that was a big conversation, which is he promised prior to being elected that he would push for an all-encompassing civil rights bill mm-hmm. that would allow federal protections for LGBT. Of course, we all know he never followed through with that. Part of Hillary Clinton's campaign is that she says she will push for a right. full civil rights bill. It's you know I I typically like her, but you don't know. You really Politicians don't. Politicians say you what really they want to say. I will say this: our our country is closer to that happening, so maybe the cultural change will push it there. But you are right. What would help save all of this craziness in all of the states that we need yeah. to do? Just like the Supreme Court no had to step in and say, we're not going to leave. You're, we're not going to leave this up to the states anymore because they can't seem to agree on marriage equality. There needs to be a civil rights bill that goes through House and Senate, everything to the president gets signed so that there are federal protections. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Yeah. Arkansas. It doesn't right. matter. Texas, what you think you're going to do. The reality is you have to because now we are federally protected. Yeah. That's what we need to do. Let's take it out of the state's hands because obviously we're not going to support all of our citizens mm-hmm. because we're picking and choosing the citizens we can support. Let's face it. Um, it's the same thing with this conversation over immigration. It is exactly which is huge. Same right now. exact thing. Something that I'll say is there was a great article that came out this last week talking mm-hmm. about millennials, talking about those people. I think it's eighty-two to two thousand, um, yeah. eighty-four to two thousand, somewhere in there. People yeah. born in that area and 80s, how 90s, yeah, exactly. things are going to change quickly because in that generation. Things aren't as black and white as our grandparents make it, as our parents have tried to make it, that they're willing to look at immigration and say, actually, in what, the next, I think by 2030, uh, you and I being white men are going to be in the minority in our in this country right. because, and so should it be us and them? No. The fact is, we are a country of immigrants, period. We always have been. Always. And you white old men up in power, you're going to need to get it together because Mm -hmm. the biggest voting force in the U.S. right now are Latinos. And they are going to vote you out if you're not going to have, if you're not going to look at immigration and have an idea of how we can progress and have a progressive view on that. There you go. Exactly. So, So, how can we be so close minded we can't see by the, past the end of our toes? End of our nose, even. Yeah. End of our toes, end of our nose. It depends on how you, you know, walk. Um, this is the problem. Mm-hmm. Because we, when we are elected officials, we are to be the voice of our citizens. But that's not what's happening. No. You are the voice of your own moral compass and no one else's. And you're not representing your citizenship. Because I guarantee you, a huge portion of your citizenship is LGBT community. Yes. A huge portion of your citizens are going to be a minority, a racial minority, and you're not talking for them. A no, lot of these exactly. old white guys, and and the old phrase of we just wait till they die out, we shouldn't have to wait till they die out. Let's, first of all, vote them out. Let's, second of all, give them a term limit. Mm-hmm. Let's say, you know what? You have been here so long. You're Way too an long. old crony now. So bye-bye, yeah. because term limits help keep you fresh. Right, And exactly. we get rid of the bad. Yeah. And yes, it gets rid of the, some of the good ones, but they can go to other offices. You know what I mean? I think... I'm a big proponent of time limits. Yeah. And this this is why we have this conversation, because it leads to big topics like this, term limits. It leads Mm -hmm. to, I mean, we all have to get out there and start talking and start thinking about what are we actually going to do to fix it? What's the solution? And there it is. I mean, you just just have to. If you're listening, you all know that. I mean, when we talk about it on this show, 
it's gold. It is. <laughs> it's it, the is it is it. But here's the thing. It's the... <sighs> Oh, yeah. And not to, to take ourselves down. It really is the little conversations that happen mm-hmm. throughout a community that end up being part of the big conversation. So you have to have them. So we're willing yeah. to, to start it. You guys can call in and talk about it with us, 509-747-3807. You can leave us comments because the conversation needs to be had. I pretty much think I found out what article I'm writing this week. There you go. Let's talk about term limits, people. <laughs> Yeah, Just you're. I mean, you're right there. All right, mm-hmm. so we are going to take a quick song break, and when we come back, <laughs> we are going to be talking to Dr. Howard A. Grossman. He is a prep and HIV expert. expert. He's been there since the beginning when AIDS hit. Exactly. He uh, he knows firsthand there. about the moralization of a drug and the fight that goes into that. And we're going to talk to him about some facts and things we need to know. I want to say something about this song. Yes. Say so something about I'm it. really excited. This is a, an artist that I just discovered through a friend on Facebook. His name is Tom Goss. And he puts his music within the bear community, which we all know is very near and dear to my heart. And I think it's absolutely phenomenal. So this is called Bears. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM. This is Outspoken. Welcome back. If you've just joined us, we are about to go into our second hour. You saw the bullhorn with uh, the amazing Sergey Grinkin. Be right. sure to go read his article, Drugs for President, mm-hmm. um, and please leave us comments, and uh, we'll be happy to talk about him on the show. We did some hard-hitting, hot dish about everything that's going on around the country right now, especially the backlash that we are seeing since the Supreme Court decision. But in an effort to continue a conversation that we think is needed to be had in the community is continued education of the new drug PrEP, which is through Truvada, which is pre-exposure prophylaxis. And in that consistent and continued conversation, we try to bring on guests that have a very well-informed opinion on it all. Uh, With that said, we would like to welcome uh, Howard Grossman. He's a doctor, board-certified internist, who has been at the forefront of HIV care and activism, activism, honestly, since he hit, as he likes to say, since he hit the ward, basically the same time that HIV was hitting us hard. And he still continues to this day to be uh, a man with some opinions on the whole HIV epidemic and where we're going. So we would like at Outspoken to welcome Dr. Howard Grossman to the show. Are you there, sir? I am. Thanks for having me. First of all, we want to say thank you because we know this is uh, you're getting some rest. You're trying to be on vacation, so you know we love to just come interrupt that for you. Thanks. <laughs> 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 Anytime. Put me off the beach. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hey, we wish we were <laughs> off the beach, but yeah. um, we want to start with. So we on this show since back in December have been trying to have periodic shows about PrEP and about HIV, because what we started hearing was, a, especially up where we are, a lack of education, really, on PrEP and, and what it is. We just recently did a private showing of The Normal Heart, and we had a panel afterwards for people to ask questions, and still shocked that there's not a lot of information out there that people are gravitating to. You, uh, we have watched some interviews with you. You have a lot to say about this subject. Can you start with... Why is there a lack of education for, for the community around Truvada? Well, I, you know, I think you have to realize that we're sort of at the beginning of this process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yes, PrEP was approved several years ago, but until the data came out from the, the large, what the IPREX trial uh, last mm-hmm. summer, there really wasn't a lot of enthusiasm around it. There were a few people who were interested. So we're really now in July at about one year since 
since the things changed. And I think we've actually seen a tremendous ramping up of information that's available and of people actually asking for the drug. Do you see a lot more people coming in and specifically looking for uh, Brep Truvada as, uh, you know, treatment or, you know, to get that for their HIV? I I mean, last summer I had literally three people on the drug. Okay. And they were all people who had specifically come to ask me about it. And I wasn't very enthused about it. But after seeing the results of the IPREX trial, where if people had taken the pills, not a single person in that trial became HIV positive, um, I, it, that really changed it for me. Sure. And, uh, and uh, last week, we put our 200th person on. Oh, wow. In my practice, in my practice alone. Now, what do you say to, there does tend seem to be a conversation, and we see it in our medical community um, locally, there is this moralization of the drug going on in our medical community. Some doctors still over here refusing to uh, prescribe it. What Do you feel like that's going to be calming down, or is that still... I know there's some uh, number of high-profile people who also say they don't believe that it works and, and they're not going to support it. Do you think that conversation is going to continue, or will this drug, you know, be given the tool that it needs to be in the, in the LGBT community? Well, I mean, right now, there's really only one relatively high-profile person who's been pushing against this. Right. Um, I think that, that there are people who have reservations, uh, and uh, and I think we need to be careful about how we do this um, mm-hmm. and how we talk about it. Um, uh, and I think there clearly are some uh, doctors and other healthcare providers who, when patients come to ask them for it, say, oh, that's just for people at high risk. You know, that's not for you. Why are you asking for this? Um, You know, I think that's going to take some education and and movement on the part of the community to change that. And we see some of those things happening, I think. Right, of course. And even in the, I mean, from the patient side, but even from the medical side, there's a lot of uncertainty about safety that we hear going around. And people, uh, you know, will ask questions like, well, is it safe? Is it proven? How do we know? Uh, Is this just a trial drug? Uh, what do you say to that? And do you hear a lot of that coming from patients? I'm sorry. Can you can you ask me that again? I, I didn't hear you. Oh no, no worries. Um, there's a lot of you know uncertainty about the safety of uh, Truvada and Prep coming from patients and the medical side. Uh, both. Do you hear a lot of that? And what do you say to uh, uncertainty about safety? Well, patients are, are always concerned about safety right. about the drug, and so are physicians, and I think that that's totally appropriate. But it, what people don't seem to, what many people don't realize is that we have 15 years of experience with these drugs. These are not new drugs. These are drugs we've used to treat HIV-positive people for 15 years. So we have long-term safety data in those positive people. And the thing I think people need to realize is that HIV itself affects organ systems, and so if anything... Any side effects that we have seen will be worse in people who are positive. And that kind of is what their experience over the last couple of years is proving out. So, for example, um, there is a, a, a slight decrease in bone mineral density that, that happens uh, with Truvada. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very interesting, actually, if you look at the studies, that it turns out that there are many um, gay men who are at risk who actually have lower bone mineral densities uh, even before they start Truvada. But whatever it is, in, in our experience with positive people, there's been about a 4% drop in bone mineral density. 
Now, it, for the most part, there is no there is no significant increase in fractures. You know, you don't get more people with osteoporosis and things like mm-hmm. that. So we have said for years that this is a number that is statistically significant. So you can see it on a graph, but right. not clinically significant. So it doesn't have a lot of outcomes. Well, right. in HIV-negative people, it's turning out that that drops about 1%. So it's even less significant uh, in an HIV-negative population. And the same is true for the other major side effect that we've seen in people who are positive. So what I tell my patients is that what we often see in people who are positive, who go on medication, is that they have a drop in their kidney function, but it drops within the normal range. Um, It doesn't, in most people. There are some people who have dropped below, and we've either had to cut the dose or stop the drug, and then it's reversible. In HIV-negative people, we're just not seeing the same amount of, uh, of, of, of kidney change. So, you know, again, these are numbers that these are things we're following and we're looking at people, and we want people who are on PrEP to come in regularly for this kind of testing, uh, but they, they don't seem to be very significant as far as side effects go. And you know, the other s- major side effect that you hear about is, is a lot of people, or some people, not a lot, but some people have an upset stomach for about two weeks after they go on the drug. And I have and, to and say... And truthfully, that, that's something I see with almost every drug, is there's always some people who get upset stomach when they take a new medication. Well, um, and, So again, I don't think it's a very significant problem. Right. And I was going to say, you know, those of us who have to be, let's say we're on a drug for high blood pressure or you're on a drug for, uh, for any number of health things, there are way scarier side effects that might happen on any drug that honestly, these side effects seem, I mean, low on the list of the ones right. that I've well, seen. That's yeah. one of the things that gets me very angry mm-hmm. is that the, this should be a, a, something that's prescribed by primary care doctors. Somebody who's HIV negative is not going to go to an infectious disease specialist or an HIV doctor uh, as a rule. They're going to be seeing primary care doctors. And primary care doctors are not picking this up, unfortunately. Now, you see all these commercials for things like Humira and all these other drugs on TV that cause huge numbers of serious side effects Mm -hmm. that they'll prescribe. But yes. they're afraid to prescribe a medication that, quote unquote, was that is used for HIV. What do you think is uh, making them wary right now to take it into like your a family practice, or you know what I mean? What is it that you think is the barrier? Uh, to me, I think it's pure homophobia. Sure. I mean, yeah. I think it's the same thing that has kept uh, primary care physicians from doing L- good LGBT medicine. You know, for the last twenty five years that we've been pushing, trying to push the agenda. Um, and I think it really boils down to they, they most, a lot of heterosexual doctors don't get us. They don't think they're going to understand. They're yeah. afraid to ask questions. Um, it's not just homophobia. It's sex phobia. Right. Um, it's yes. very hard to get doctors to actually talk to people about their sex lives. Exactly. Um, and if people can't be honest about their sex lives, how are you going to know what they need? And certainly in terms of PrEP, whether they're at risk, you know, whether they whether this could be a good intervention for them. Well, yeah, that's I mean, that's that's a primary thing with your health status is knowing your sex history. And uh, do you think there's a problem still or uh, ever was with, you know, stigmatization of PrEP and things like slut shaming and, you know, the PrEP whore name calling any of that? Well, I, the prep whore thing, I think, is was a little bit overblown sure. because even the person who who first used the term apologized for using right. it. Um, and you know, I think, but I think, yes, there 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 is in some parts of the community this idea that 
if you you must if you go on prep, it must mean that you're a slut and having, uh, yeah. and and you you just want to not use condoms. Um, and in fact, that's just not true. I mean, one of the biggest things they found in the IPREX trial again that was the big controlled uh, tr- trial, international trial that was done on prep that that, that um, went through last uh, spring. Uh, the, uh, the the it ended. Um, one of the biggest things they found was that people stopped being afraid of sex. And that is, in fact, something that I've seen in my patients. Because even people who were using condoms were often afraid, what if it breaks? Uh, What if I'm with somebody who's positive? Uh, I used to hear those kind of things all the time. And a lot of those people are now far more comfortable having sex than they ever were. They, You know, when you think about it, for the last 30 years, for many gay men, um, having sex made us think about sickness and dying. Yeah. And that's terrible. Uh, and PrEP can change that. And that's you know, what's funny is we were watching a video that you were in, and there was a, uh, a gentleman who came to one of your patients, and the, the camera caught kind of the conversation between the two of you. And one of the things he says is he now feels he can have sex without fear. Um, and the other thing I noticed was he was very honest with you, which, like you said earlier, is not always how we are with our, our medical physicians, which I think you need to find someone you trust so you can have these conversations. But you asked him point blank, you know, are you still using condoms? And he was very honest with you. And he said, no, I now that I'm on Truvada, um, I only go bare. And I think that's part of well, this whole... Yeah, no, he actually uses them off and on. See, But yeah. he's, this is a person who, for the last 25 years, consistently using condoms. He's also yeah. a friend of mine, besides being a patient. Yeah, he so was I know, he's very well-spoken. I know his history very well. And he was somebody who always used condoms no matter what. He was mm-hmm. with a partner for 18 years, and they continued yeah. to use condoms. Um, and w- with PrEP, he's, he's not going condomless all the time, right. but he's making some decisions. And truthfully, I think there are places where uh, it's a perfectly rational choice mm-hmm. uh, to go condomless in terms of HIV um, if you're on PrEP. Right. And I can talk to you, but I can tell to expand on that if you'd like. Would Actually, you please? That would be yeah. great. Okay, so let's say that you're on PrEP and you with somebody. I, I, break it, I basically break it down to do you know the person, do you not know the person? So let's say you're on PrEP, you know another person who's on PrEP. You know that he's going every three months for his, his visits. And mm-hmm. he's getting, uh, if he's following the protocol, he's getting tested for STDs, he's getting tested for HIV, and he's on a medication that keeps him negative. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much lower you can get the risk than that. Right. And in that case, not using condoms, um, again, we're talking strictly from the point of view of HIV, is a rational choice. Mm-hmm. Um if you're on PrEP and you're with somebody who you know who's negative, who maybe not is on PrEP, is not on PrEP, um, what I say to my patients is this. Maybe, so maybe you're the only person this person is having condomless sex with. Uh, maybe you're the only person this person is having sex with. Right. Um, you can make some informed decisions about your risk. And PrEP is protecting you in addition. Um, and I think you might make a rational decision not to have, uh, not to use a condom. And I, and I, so I call that safe-ish. Right. Um, the, the, I think the thing that turns people's head around this one, and I get in a little bit of trouble for it, but I think it's really true. If you're with somebody you know who's HIV positive, 
and they're on medications and they're undetectable. Now, I'm just not talking about somebody in the street who says, oh, I'm on meds and I'm undetectable. I'm just talking somebody you know who's reliable, mm-hmm. who's undetectable. That person is 97 to 98% less likely to pass the virus to you. Exactly. If you're on PrEP, according to these studies, let's say you're 95 to 100% less likely to get the virus. Right. You're talking about a risk that's so low at that point that if you choose to go condomless, again, I think that that is a rational choice. Right. Um, and But then it, it, with the person who you don't know, I, I think then there are other questions. So right. um, I think that there are people who are choosing to go condomless in all situations, and mm-hmm. they really do think that PrEP is going to protect them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard some say, well, I have like a 1% chance of becoming positive, and I'm willing to take that. Right. Okay, but not everybody's willing to take that chance. Exactly. When sure. you start to talk about it and you, you make people understand that we really don't know if PrEP is going to be 100% effective for everybody who's out there, no matter how much condomless sex you're having, um, uh, many people will say, well, I don't really want to be a guinea pig. Right. Um, uh, and the, and the, and the other issue with, with the, the unknown person that you're hooking up with is STDs, of course. Exactly. There's a much higher risk of STDs. And if you're using a condom for intercourse, you're, um, you know, much less likely to get it. Of course, you can Mm -hmm. still get STDs from oral sex. You can still get STDs from oral anal, from rimming. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, um, you know, you certainly decrease your risk by using a condom for intercourse with strangers. Exactly. And what I find fascinating is, first of all, if someone chooses, I love that, you know, people who, like you give the information, but in the end, I feel like it's a tool, just like a condom is a tool. And in the end, we're, we're adults and we're going to make our decisions. As long as we always have the information in front of us, is it really anybody else's opinion that matters other than you've got all your information, you've got your tools, and you're going to make your decisions beyond that. I mean, isn't, I think that's how it should be. I think you're right. I mean, let's just face it. We take risks every day of our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, I live in New York City. Right. I mean, stepping off the curb is a far is a far riskier operation, oh, yeah. but oh, I do yeah. it every day. <laughs> um, we live with very high levels of risk in our lives without thinking twice about it. Um, if people choose to take a certain amount, and I, as I described, in many cases this is almost minimal and almost non-existent risk, um, that is that is their choice. And my job, to me, as a as a doctor is to give people, arm people with the information to make the choice exactly. and help them to learn to make smarter decisions. And, and truthfully, I think that is, this is one of the big benefits of PrEP is, is hopefully it gets us talking about sex in a very direct, nuanced way and helping people make better decisions when they're in the bedroom. Exactly. Or wherever they're having sex. Right. Well, yeah, of course. Of wherever course. it's happening. Now, a lot of people... Uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot. Some people have commented on the fact that uh, you know HIV and the LGBT community has been so neglected in terms of HIV care that we should be having a cure at this point, this far into the game, but we haven't because a lot of the times the funds aren't appropriated mm-hmm. due to you know homophobia and you know the sex negative world we live in. Do you think that we should be at that point? Do you think we we're close? Um, talk to us a little bit about your stance on the cure. 
Well, there's a lot of fascinating research going on about around the cure, and actually this has been a topic that has been at every uh, HIV-AIDS meeting for the last four or five years. Right. There are always sessions on the cure. There are people who are doing it. Now, in some way, this has created new funding streams that didn't exist before. Um, this, a lot of this is very basic science research that's exciting. I'm not sure there's a clinical payoff right around the corner, Mm-hmm. Um, but there are scientists all over the world who are de- focused on this cure idea. Um, it's not going to be easy. That's that's the thing. You know, there are people who are screaming. My good friend Larry Kramer yes. is you know screaming for the cure as if this is something new. People right. have been talking about this for the last bunch of years. Yeah, and he's um, saying, but, you know, but I, truthfully, I I think it's going to take a long time. Now, I, I will say this about prep um, and the prevention efforts around it. Truthfully, I think at PrEP and also treatment as prevention, so task, you know, treating people, if we could treat everybody who's HIV positive. I mean, the truth is, if we were treating everybody who's positive and, and all the people who were at risk who were negative were on PrEP, we would, this virus would be gone in a single generation. Right. Exactly. Right. If, right. if we could keep it, new people from getting infected in, in one generation, it's over. Exactly. That's yeah, because if there's nothing kind of to pass amazing. around, there's nothing there. I'm sorry. I said yeah, because if there's nothing to pass around, then there's nothing there. Exactly. Which is which is what we want. Um, you mentioned Larry Kramer. You know, yeah, he's been obviously always been outspoken. Um, and then with the the release of the Normal Heart, the movie version, of course, he's brought up to the forefront. And he's still, I love, he's still very passionate, and I think that's amazing. And you're right. He has said, listen. This needs to happen now. Do you think it's because you were just talking about, you know, we're all talking about it in the scientists are all talking about it. Do you think, I guess his point of view, a lot of people are kind of give and take with him saying he's just too, do you think someone yelling for the cure now, do you think he is still um, helpful to the movement or, or cause you, I know you knew back in the day when this was going around and he was very, very upfront, but he helped us bring it to a national conversation. Do you think he is still uh, helping it to be relevant or do you think, Hey, we need to calm down because listen, we're talking about the cure, but we're nowhere near it. Is it that we just don't have enough facts uh, for his anger or? No, I mean, cause I think the point of Larry's anger and, and Larry Kramer is, amazingly effective at mm-hmm. blowing open doors that have been closed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he's doing now. And while scientists, many scientists have been pushing this cure idea for the last few years and, and asking more funding, governments are not stepping up to the plate. The people who right. have the funds are not stepping exactly. up to the plate. Pharmaceutical companies are, in fact, withdrawing from virology. Bristol-Myers Squim just, uh, just announced that they're basically shutting down their virology operations. Uh, and they have good drugs in the pipeline that we're scared are not going to be able to go anywhere. Um, so, you know, and other companies have also pulled away from virology, certainly pulled away from HIV. They're focused on virology these days. They're focused on hepatitis C because it's right. such a bigger market. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's scary. And And I think by somebody like Larry being out there pushing so hard for the cure, hopefully some of this can turn around. And the funding, we there's funding. Funding is, isn't there. Yeah, no. not a, And it needs to grow. You know, our own governor in the state of Washington declared in December that Washington would be AIDS-free by 2020, but then slashed the budget. 
So it there seems to be right. this disconnect right. of, right. well, how do you expect us to get there if you're not willing to support how we get there? So right now it exactly. seems like there's a lot of words out there, but you're right. No one's willing to sign the check. And yeah. unfortunately, money is the only I way. That, is where Larry's going to have a big impact, hopefully. Yeah. Well, he hmm. sure isn't afraid. He's got all the energy for, for days. We uh, we talk about him a lot on this show. Now, if there's anything... He's, for somebody who just turned 80, he's kind of... I know, has right? had a liver transplant and HIV for so many years. Oh, I know. Well, wow. you know, when you have that much passion, I think that's just going to fuel your life to just keep you going. Because <laughs> yeah. he's not done fighting yet, so... That's the amazing part. So as we look f- at the future, at the horizon of HIV care and prevention, what do you see as we move forward? Is there going to be more coming down like Truvada? Are there going to be, what do you see being involved in it every day? Well, I mean, as far as prevention goes, using um, biologic prevention, you know, using a, a drug to try to keep people negative, I think we're going to see more of that. There are certainly a bunch of studies. Um, some of them are looking at uh, injectable agents that maybe can be used even as little as once a month. There are people who are talking about twice a year injectable agents. Um, you know, these are all things that are being studied. Other drugs are being looked at. Uh, as if, uh, for their usefulness in, in pre-exposure prophylaxis. So I think we're going to see a bunch of that. Um, I hope that we see a lot more talk about sex again. You know, right. I really sure. think that PrEP opens the door, as I said, for people to have real conversations about sex and what people are actually doing um, once again, which we really haven't talked about for years. And with all the years of abstinence-only education and all the other garbage that came out of yeah. the Bush administration hmm. and the Reagan administration and some of the others, we, we haven't had a good, converse, good conversations about sex in a long time. Yeah, nothing um, honest, at least. You know, one of the the, the, the big um, there there are a number of secondary benefits to 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 what's going on with prep. Uh, like I said, one of them is talking about sex with people who haven't. You know, I, I tell the story all the time of a thirty year old who walked into my office and had burning and a discharge from his penis, and I said, "I think you have gonorrhea or chlamydia," and he said, "What's that?" Oh wow! If that's what's going on out there, then we're we've been in serious trouble for a long time. Exactly. Um, So those discussions, young people are coming into primary care because they're looking for prep. So they're 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 going looking for doctors or or nurse practitioners, PAs who are providing this stuff, uh, and they're coming into primary care at an earlier age, which is really good. Um, uh, We're we're screening for STDs, um, and that's really important. Uh, because there clearly is an, an epidemic of STDs in gay men, sure. and we're scared to death. I'm scared to death, personally, that we're going to see a rise in multidrug-resistant STDs. Exactly. Right. Um, well, and there there aren't a lot of new drugs on the horizon for mm-hmm. treating STDs. Sure, sure. That actually brings up a really good uh, a question that one of our listeners had. Uh, he's saying he's heard about drug-resistant strains of gonorrhea and other STDs. Um, is that... A concern for the medical community, and um, you know how big of a concern. You just said you were scared to death, but how? Re- I mean, realistic is that to happen? Well, there have been there have been reports of multi-drug resistant gonorrhea. They've mostly been in Asia. We still don't have any reports in the U.S. Okay. of this, but you can bet that if um, you know if it can happen, it will happen, and. Um, you know, so and, and drug resistant uh, um, other drugs, other uh, STDs as well. There's no reason to think that this can't happen. 
Um, so the idea that somehow we can cure everything is, is I think, a false one. You know, sure. that's, that's where we were in the late 1970s. We were arrogant in the medical community. People thought we could cure anything. You right. know, if you look back at the history, in the late 70s, Legionnaire's disease was basically, they found the killed 40 people in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, and they found the, the, uh, the cause, and they, they found a cure within months. Oh. And the same thing with toxic shock syndrome happened. And so we thought arrogantly that there was nothing that was gonna that we couldn't fix in infectious diseases. Right. Uh, and then HIV came and punched us in the face. Yeah. Um, and sort of woke us up. And and I hope that we're not getting arrogant enough in terms of thinking about these STDs to think that people can just willy nilly get them all, uh, and not there's going to be no consequence. Well, and I think the important part about that is what you're doing on our show, which we appreciate and what we're trying to do, which is, like you said, talk openly about this conversation, to talk openly, I think, uh, about sex so that uh, I think we can start understanding more instead of hiding behind the, oh, I'm not going to get anything because I don't know anything, to, I guess, arm ourselves with knowledge because I don't see that happening a lot. So to talk to someone like you who is in you know, the HIV field and in that battleground, I think is a helpful conversation, especially for people like us in just a Northwest little town who has problems and we're very, tend to be conservative, finding doctors willing to talk about this. I think these conversations are very important. So I definitely appreciate you even taking time to be with us. Oh, thanks. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm really glad you guys are doing this. And, And truthfully, I think Patients need to become empowered. They need to walk into their providers and say, look, you were taught this stuff in medical school. You were taught how to treat STDs. I mean, I have, I have a practice in Manhattan, but I also opened a practice in New Jersey. At the time that I opened up in New Jersey, there was not a single dedicated practice to LGBT health in the entire, country, in the entire right. state. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. right across the river from New York in the place I grew up in. Uh, not one. There was one gay doctor that everybody knew about um, who had a family practice, but that was about it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I hear stories every day from people who come to me there about they going to doctors and say and asking for STD testing, and doctor says, we don't know how to do that, or we don't do that here. Yeah. Uh, and that's ridiculous. It is. That's just ridiculous. You know, it is really easy to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a game, you know, you have to test people where they're having sex. So, you know, I test people orally, anally, mm-hmm. and I, I test the urethra, mm-hmm. um, all three sites, um, looking for STDs, uh, do a blood test for syphilis. Um, and patients need to go in and demand this kind of reasonable and decent treatment from their, their clinicians. Exactly. And I have to say, one of the great things about people who do uh, go on PrEP is they have to go and see, what, every three or four months. They have to I go get every three months, yeah. Yeah, which is actually amazing because then they're getting the whole array of tests, which hopefully gets, we all need to be in that habit, whether you're on it or not, to be tested frequently, not just, you know, once a year when you think about it. Right. And when I was in the late 70s, before HIV hit, or we knew before we knew it was there, uh, in New York, there was some place, there was a place called the Gay Men's Health Project, which right. um, yes. was sort of a, a volunteer testing clinic. And every Monday and Thursday night, people used to line up outside the door to get tested for syphilis and gonorrhea. And we didn't even know about chlamydia in those days. It was all non-gonococcal urethritis, they called it. But they used to line up and it was a fun social atmosphere. People talked and they 
you know, it was mm-hmm. it was totally demystified. Right. Uh, and you know, everybody knew if you were having a lot of sex, you went to get tested every, every you know, however often you needed to get tested. Right. Uh, we need to bring that back. We need to get rid of the mystery around STD testing. We need to make people feel feel safe and comfortable. And, and make it the community norm that this is what you do on a regular basis. And how do we, That's a, and I agree with you 100%, how do we start making that happen? Let's say, you know, unfortunately, where like, we don't like get you up run here. Everything. <laughs> right? right. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm on board with that. That's I was going to say, I wish there was a doctor like you mm-hmm. here, because um, that's amazing. So if you could maybe get into cloning, and you could just clone yourself and then send yourself <laughs> over here. But what... Thanks. You've got some great doctors in Seattle, that's for sure. That's true. There we you do. go. Good. We do. So what really can we do? There. What can we do to encourage exactly what you just said, that type of atmosphere? What is it that just us as, as gay men can do to do that? Well, I think we have to support each other. We have to support one another. We have to stop shaming one another. Um, we, we need to start talking just among our friends. What are you doing sexually? What are you comfortable with? Um, what are you doing to get tested? You know, trying to find these places. We need to start demanding from our local government that they create places where this kind of where testing can get done and where real information can come out. You know, for anybody who's there uh, who's listening, if they go, um, if you Google NYC.gov, NYC.gov is the New York City government's big, mm-hmm. huge web presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and NYC.gov and PrEP, um, you come up with their webpage on PrEP and PEP, which is one of the best that I've seen. It gives tremendous information on, on PEP and PrEP, for example. Okay. Um, the, the CDC has, you know, tremendous information on STDs. And yeah, it's the party line. It's not nuanced. Nobody's, you know, none of these sites, for example, with PrEP is going to tell you that there's times when it's okay not to use a condom. Right. Um, but it's still great information, um, and we need but we need more of that. Sure, more of and the we conversation. Need to teach people mm-hmm. how to access it, where to get it. Right, exactly. Right. So, really, we just need to start the conversation, get the word out there, mm-hmm. educate, and you know, be open. You know, we committed uh, like last year when we we noticed a lot of things that this is a conversation that isn't just one show. This is a conversation we need to continue to have. Uh, because it's important. So we're definitely going to put up the sites you just said on our website and on Facebook. Um, we, again, is there any last words you would share with those of us on the other side of the country that you wish more people would understand when it comes to either HIV in general or PrEP as a specific Trivada drug? Well, I think one thing we we need to understand that we've turned a corner with HIV that that we, we can treat for, for, for people who have access to medication and treatment, and that's a big if. Right. Um, uh, it, for those people, we can treat HIV, and people can do really well. Do you want to not get a chronic disease? Yeah. I mean, who right. wants to have diabetes? Who wants to have hypertension? Who wants to have HIV? I mean, that, you know, it's just who wants to have a disease, period. Exactly. Nobody, of course. I don't think. Um, but if it happens... We can take care of it with the appropriate resources. Um, that's that's one message. And if people are negative, um, they need to learn how to stay negative. Um, um, you know, condoms have worked; they've worked well. Mm-hmm. But let's face it: the truth of the prep didn't isn't changing things. The truth of the matter is, since 2008, there are a whole number of studies that show that a minority of of gay men have been using condoms every single time for intercourse. Mm-hmm. 
So this was happening before there was prep. Um, and, and prep can make a huge difference. And so for every guy who's out there who faces any kind of risk or is afraid of having sex because of the risk of HIV, um, investigate this, you know, find out if it's the right thing for you. Sure. Exactly. I like it. I like it. So all of you out there, investigate and find out and stay educated. Now, thank you for calling in today on your uh, Sunday vacation day and talking to us. <laughs> we really, really appreciate it. Yeah. And now we're going to allow you to find and go out to the beach again. Yeah. <laughs> you can go take a rest. <laughs> you, you have been released. But, Thanks. sir, you have been Thanks. You very... have great questions, by the way. I really appreciate it. Uh, well, oh, well, we appreciate you. you talking to us. We are going to continue this conversation for a long time to come. So thank you, sir. We will send everybody your way since we don't have you here in, in Washington. <laughs> great. Thanks. <laughs> thank you. You have a great Sunday. You too. Mm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. If you have just joined us, you just missed a really great conversation with Dr. Howard Grossman. He has been on the forefront of HIV care and prevention for a long time. He was talking to us, of course, about PrEP, which is very important uh, that we have that conversation. And he said something even more important is it's time in this community to not be afraid to talk about sex. It is in the silence that the problems have begun. Exactly. So I got to say, that's awesome. We all know silence breeds more silence. So yeah. talk, talk, and talk, support talk. each other because really in in that community and, you know, going through prep and treatment, you need a lot of support. Yeah, and get tested. Exactly. Outspoken receives support from Nine Bar and Bistro, featuring a full bar food menu and trivia on Thursday nights, located at 232 West Sprague Avenue. More information is available at 509-747-1621. And Outspoken is funded in part by the Pride Foundation. For more information, please visit pridefoundation.org. All right, so we're going to take a quick song break, and um, I'm just going to pull up a blast from the past. Ooh, I love blasts. Uh, just over a year ago, we did. This was, I think, this was actually the first show that I was on. It was. It actually. was to Russia with Love. This was before Love. you were uh, official. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, we played then a contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race, Courtney Act's song "To Russia with Love." So I'm just going to bring that back. That was "To Russia with Love." By Courtney Act, you are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.192.3 FM. Yes, and this is Outspoken. If you just joined us, you missed a very informative interview with Dr. Howard Grossman, who, uh, friends with Larry Kramer, he's been in the forefront and involved in the HIV epidemic, really, since the beginning in the 80s and until now. He's very passionate, also very well informed. I love those conversations. I love it when the guest is so, they have so much to say that they're like, I have no time for you trying to interrupt me, Jonathan. I know, yeah. And keep going. <laughs> because everything he said was amazing. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. It, very so, informative. Yeah. Everything we need to know. And I love the message. You brought this up. We talk about it a lot. Talk about sex, sex positivity. Yeah. And the problem is we're not talking about sex. Yeah. What And what I was trying to tell him when we watched that video and we watched basically his interaction with the patient is you could see the trust between, because let's face it, we all want to put our best foot forward. But when you're in your doctor's office, you need to be empowered to just say, you know, here it is. Not using condoms. Exactly. This is what I'm doing. What can we do about it? This is yeah. my fear. I mean, you just have to be bare about everything. You right. have to say right. it all. And that was there. And he gives information. 
and he tells you what he thinks, and mm-hmm. then you, as a mm-hmm. grown-up, are going to go make your educated decision. Right, right. Um, and I think, and he, I love that he also was not afraid to go against what might be the typical, as he called it, a party line, but the typical, you know, accepted words. He went against it. He's like, you know, I actually think there are points in sex that if you make the right decision, for you, it might be not to wear a condom in that situation. Yeah, a rational choice is what he says, and yeah. I think that's very important. Um, I mean, it is always recommended to lower even, you know, further your risks. Mm-hmm. I, I totally understand. You know, 99.9 is still less of a risk than 99.0. Exactly. right. So, yeah, so I think that's great. And I also, I do hope that, that PrEP becomes a tool like a condom, another tool you can use oh, to yeah. lower yeah. your risk. But keep in mind... If you do go bare, which is what they call it, if you have sex without a condom, there are other STDs other than HIV that you should be worried about. As one of our listeners brought up, there is, uh, it's only in Asia right now, according to Dr. Grossman, but gonorrhea has shown to have a resistant strain, exactly. a drug-resistant yeah. strain. These things can get out of hand. Even he said it scares him to death as a doctor. Right, right. Because we, I mean, we forget that diseases can evolve like that oh, and yeah. become resistant to treatment to They're smart well look drugs, at hiv to, yeah. hiv is so smart it can change the way it infects your cells if you take a week off your meds if oh, you yeah. take a day off your meds it's like oh i can figure out a way around this med mm-hmm. so which is one of the comments that he brought up which is a lot of the concern is can you trust people to take a daily med but right. here's the thing. Right. Does that mean it's we shouldn't have the drug because you don't because it's our responsibility if we're on the drug to take it daily? Absolutely. You I know? mean, I think I think that the people who are worried for their own lives should be taking the and I mean, if it was me, I would absolutely be taking it every day if it meant yeah. that I would not have to deal with, you know, HIV. If it was one less thing exactly. to worry about. And I exactly. will say I love what the man said on there and he reiterated actually, which is sex without fear. It's been a long mm-hmm. time. We're not saying go crazy, but honestly, it's none of my business if you go crazy. You do what you want. Yeah. But I understand the need to feel like you are empowered to do that. Right, um, right. You know, in the future, we will have that panel, of uh, sex panel. But it, and Exactly. We do need to talk about it. And I think that as, as we progress, because PrEP, even though we've had it for 15 years, it's still brand new because we haven't really you know, prescribed it for that long. And there's still so many questions, but as it progresses, once we get into the, you know, two times a year drug that it can be, um, it'll be so much easier because you go to your scheduled doctor visit or even four times a year, you go schedule it, you get the shot, you're good for half a year. You don't have to worry about it. And then it takes that, you know, source of error out of it. But I love that also this process, especially with uh, Truvada is you are Taken to the habit. Now, I'm in the habit to see my doctor every three months because, unfortunately, I have some of the things he was mentioning that aren't sex-related, that are just yeah. life-related, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is, I'm, you know, it's just what I have to deal with. Sure. But the fact that you get in the habit of, I have to be tested every four months, mm-hmm. that's an amazing, and you have to be, that's an amazing habit to get into. That is what we should do. And he's right. If more just general practice doctors would be less weird about sex this could oh, yeah. happen more often. Oh, the yeah. only way, if we're not going to be funded, the only way we can try to be HIV-free, AIDS-free by 2020 is if we all take responsibility to constantly know our status. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, there's always the statistic where, um, I, I mean, I don't know the exact numbers. I think it's, what, 60% of people or something like that with 
uh, HIV don't even know it. I mean, there's a group of people that don't know that they have HIV because they don't bother to they get, don't tested, get tested. They're walking and they're around. Just, exactly. Yeah. And that's dangerous because then they, not knowing, will transmit it to someone exactly. else and it grows. Here's the thing. If you're afraid, I get it. Yeah. I get the nerve, but it's not enough of a reason not to do it. If you want someone to go with you, maybe you want a buddy because they need to get, like he said, mm-hmm. in New York, in the old days, it used to be a people, social thing. It was a social thing yeah. because it's something we had to do and enjoy it. Listen, I'll go with you. Call me. I don't care. Send us a note. I've got to go get tested again. Mm-hmm. I'll go with you if that's what you need to get you down there. If you need just a friend with you because it's scary, fine. Then yeah. have a friend with you. Don't be afraid to ask. Let's start taking back power exactly in our own lives and mm-hmm. not be so mm-hmm. afraid. I get it. You know what? But let's say it comes back. It's better to be able to treat it, to be able to find a way to live if oh, yeah. it is a chronic oh, yeah. disease. That you, It's better to have that than to just throw caution to the wind and hope for the best. And here's the thing. We have health care in this country now. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to, A, get treated, especially if you go... I mean, go to Planned Parenthood. They'll do it quick. They'll, they'll do, do it all. Right there. And mm-hmm. if you... if They'll save you any of the embarrassment. Yeah. I mean, there's no, like, Planned Parenthood, you know, email blast that goes out. No. And then your mom reads it. No, it's fine. And they don't care that exactly. they have to, you know, put a... Uh, swab, swab in, in your, your butt. rear end. Yeah, exactly. They, they'll it's do just it. what they do. Yeah. It's, and they've done it. Yes. So, I mean, it's it's easier now than ever to get tested, to get the treatment, and to make it affordable. Because, I mean, even in Washington, if you are HIV positive and you qualify under certain uh, requirements, which aren't very strict, you can get PrEP under your insurance or mm-hmm. the copay honestly, will be covered by Washington. Exactly. It's 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 essentially honestly, no it's cost really to you. It's really easy if you're in the highest risk group, exactly. which is if you're a gay man, yep. you have sex with men. That's, That's the it. easy. That's I know, I have friends who are on it. Yeah. I I have friends who have We both do, yeah. Yeah, have amazing doctor that they love that it's not that that horrible conversation where you feel judged oh, yeah. when you talk. Yeah. It's not about that, which is what more doctors... I ne- He needs to open a medical school yeah. <laughs> and train some doctors, I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. And well, also, as a, a listener just said, know your sites. Know where you can go get this done. Yeah, exactly. Know them. Educate. Hey, let's have a forum. Let's have these people on and say... I mean, we are modern people in a modern world. The fact is, put your fingers in yours or don't, we have sex. Exactly. We, we're going to do it. It's part of life. So let's stop being ashamed about it and let's start taking care of ourselves yeah. as we have sex. And obviously abstinence is not working because nobody stays abstinent from sex. Mm-hmm. So let's make it safe. And until you know, until we get that one uh, you know, mail in drug, t- I'm not drug test, STD test. And they're trying, you know, they're going to come what? up with it. You're going to take, it's going to be a couple years before your results, but you yeah. can do it. Mail. You can get HIV, your HIV That's test true. in the mail now. That's true. I think I still want someone to hold my hand every time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to say it. Yeah. Um, and, and so one of our, uh, our listeners is also saying that there are some doctors who won't make you basically bend over. They will just make you pee in a cup, and then that's fine. So I want right. to see, will that do it all? And well, if true, that's more comfortable. Here's the thing. <laughs> that You can do that. That's absolutely fine. But like the doctor said, you want to test all Where your you areas. Sex. Exactly. If, I mean, if you're never going to uh, receptive anal sex, then, mm-hmm. I mean, you might not have to. But if right. you are going to... You know, you better just be taking it up the butt, so to speak. Then you better probably check your butt. (laughs) Just going to say, check your butt. (laughs) I think that is a hashtag now. (laughs) Check your butt. (laughs) That'll be our new thing. Uh, Anyways, very fascinating show. We always love uh, 
doing these shows, having those conversations. Like we said, we'll put up a link to the video we watched, which is very fascinating. It's a three-part video. Um, over the next it's few months... It's a Vice documentary, actually. A Vice documentary. Mm-hmm. Over the next few months, we're going to be talking about prep and continuing the conversation we started in December of last year because the conversation isn't over yet and people still don't know. You know, So we are going to be a part of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> our uh, that check your butt has become a, a yeah. thing here. The green room interns. is checking their butt. They're checking their butt. <laughs> Putting All up right. signs. They're ready. They're going to have a parade after the show. Just saying. Houston looks scared of it, but yeah. Well, no, it's it's not that bad. <laughs> checking your butt's not that bad. Okay, nope. so stay tuned. We're uh, we're always bringing you good things. Um, uh, we believe in good things. We do. <laughs> good we believe in on good this things. Show next week. Yeah. We are going to have a follow-up conversation with the police department. Ooh, yes, that's um, right. The- and we are going to be talking about what's going on. We've been working with them since the incident down mm-hmm. at Boots Bakery back in February. We're bringing the chief of police on. Uh, is that right, chief of police? Yes. <laughs> chief of police as well as their uh, outreach coordinator. They will both be on the show, and we're going to be talking about the culture within the police department and... The culture of the LGBT people and how we bring them Mm -hmm. together. And is it really helping? So it's going to be a good conversation. Absolutely. We are also going to have on this month uh, author Anthony Greer, whose book we are reading. And I am dying to finish. Jonathan finished it. I finished it. I even wrote a review because it is so good. So please go to anthonygreer.com. Yeah. uh, Check out his books. Um, Mm -hmm. He's a storyteller. It's available uh, in print and ebook. On Kindle. So go ahead and get one. So you can go to Amazon and get those. So check it out if you want to before the show because you can send in questions. But I'll tell you, if you're looking for a summer read, it's a really good read. I've enjoyed it. I want to read the next one right away. But it's not out yet, so not yet. I'll wait. <laughs> Soon. Soon. But in any case, stay tuned and enjoy your Sunday hot mess evening. Yeah.